Hello, everybody. Welcome to Parentel. My name is Kayla. I am your host. This is a podcast all about the quote, alternative stories and topics of pregnancy, um, postpartum, and parenthood. We're talking about the things that maybe you want to talk about, but you're not sure who to talk about with, or things that you have read and you maybe just want some more information or I don't know. We're talking about anything. Okay. Just, it's my show. I can do what I want. (laughs) So today we are talking about a very serious topic. So that being said, I do um, just want to put a trigger warning in the beginning. So if you're listening right now and you're about to dive in trigger warning, this episode is going to deal with loss as in miscarriage. Um, So we will be talking about very heavy things, um, very emotional things. So just heads up if this is something that maybe you shouldn't be listening to right now, or you're not in the correct headspace, maybe just hit pause, come back to it later, or don't listen at all. My guest today is Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Living life. (laughs) You know, (laughs) happy anniversary, COVID. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It literally has been a year. That's crazy. Wild, wild. Um, I know Taylor from high school. And it's so funny when uh, we started Zooming each other. This is literally like the first time that we've seen each other probably (laughs) since high school, like since graduation day. Um, But I mean, it feels, I don't know about you, to me, it feels normal. Like, it does. It does. Yeah. Something something about those uh, seat relationships, man. Right? Something about those plaid skirts and the knee-high socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so Taylor is a marriage and family therapist, and she is also very pregnant. Yes. Nine months yesterday. Oh, my gosh. This is mm-hmm. it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and you're having a boy, right? Yeah, I am having a boy. Nice, nice. Yeah. Little Danny. Oh, so you're, oh, so that's right. So you're doing, um, so he'll be the sixth of his name. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Do you yeah. just say like the sixth? Is there any special? I don't know. Thing? People like keep joking. My brother like keeps joking that he's going to call him like number six or something. <laughs> I mean, people will do what they want. I mean, I think his nickname is Danny because everybody else is like Daniel or Dan. Oh, uh, okay. It's a lot of Daniels and Dans in the family. So yeah. just wanted him to be a little bit different. So yeah. it'll be Danny. Oh, super cute. It's so exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So I like, it's weird to like dive in to just like, hey, so yeah, let's talk about <laughs> miscarriage. miscarriage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to get started. Um, so I asked, I felt so weird asking you to do this episode just because like, I just didn't want to come off as prying. I didn't want to come off as like selfish because I want you to come talk to me about something that you may be uncomfortable about. Um, and I just remember you put something on social media a while ago. Um, and I think it was either like when you were um, sharing that you were pregnant or like shortly after, and you had said that you had experienced a loss before. And I also yeah. think like you and I had very briefly talked about it on Instagram or something. Yeah. Like that. We had like connected over something and I had like mentioned it. So I think that's how, other than like the rainbow emoji people put. Right. Like, right. Yeah. You're not like, Hey, everybody had a miscarriage. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not the happiest thing to put on social media. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, that's part of the problem is that, you know, and we yeah. talked about this on our social media episode is that like people feel weird putting not perfect things on social media because we fear the judgment and social media. I mean, I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon. It's pretty much used as just a positive, happy space, you know, for your highlight reel, which is awesome. But that means when something dramatic and traumatic happens to you, like a miscarriage, and maybe you do want to put it on social media just to like, Hey, heads up, like, just letting you guys yeah. know, like I'm dealing with this, but maybe you just don't feel comfortable enough to, because you almost like don't want to be a burden to other people, you know, like yeah. you don't want to be a burden. It just to other feels people. like awkward. And like, I was at the stage, so I was only seven weeks when it happened, but like, I, I genuinely feel for people that announce on social media and then it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I mean, but I found like a great, well, I say I found a great community. I would just would follow certain accounts about loss. Yeah. Which I mean, we can talk about later how like is like a double-edged sword because at mm. first it's like very validating and you feel like you have a community of people and you're not the only one, but then over time it just becomes such a trigger. 
and so mm. anxiety provoking that you're like, mute, 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 mute. Yeah. <laughs> and you just That's, like, can't do it anymore. So yeah. it definitely has its pros and cons, but yeah, not usually it's like influencers or people that have a following or something like that, that posts about loss, but it's rare that just like, you know, a normal person or a friend will say like, Hey, yeah, we actually lost the baby or something yeah. like that because you know, then you have to deal with like the comments and, and the questions. It's always, and... Yeah. It's not always so supportive. Like yeah. it is and it isn't, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I, yeah, I understand. Cause it's, it almost, especially if you're experiencing it, you can definitely take the questions as like, you can just be really defensive, which you have every right to be. Sure. And it's one of those topics where you, you know, like a friend may not know how to be there for you. Yeah. Um, and they may end up just asking a question that you're not comfortable with. You know, it's such a hard thing to talk about, but it's so much more common than we are led to believe. I remember when I was pretty newly pregnant and it's probably my first trimester. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. It was the beginning of the school year, which is the most stressful time um, of the whole school year. And I was genuinely scared that I was going to have a miscarriage just from the stress. And I, I mean, I remember saying that to Jimmy once, just like, I, I'm so like, we had just moved here brand new school year, like brand new, me working in a brand new school, brand new County, like everything was new. And then I found out I'm pregnant and I was just so scared, but in, I guess like in a weird way, it was comforting when I actually found out how common it was because it made it less scary in a way. It just like, it made me feel less alone. They're like, okay, if this does happen, like it's actually happening to a fair amount of people. Um, the statistic that I had read, at the time was one in four. And I remember reading that and being so surprised, like no idea, no idea. Shocking. You have no idea. And I didn't even like know that like this like happened on our first try. And so you're like, yeah, like super fertile. Super fertile. (laughs) That's how you feel. And then, you know, it it happens and you're like, what is wrong? And it like, I mean, don't even get me started about like the experience and like the lack of support you get in like the hospital. Cause it's like COVID. So you don't have like, can't bring anybody. You're like by yourself. You have no mm-hmm. idea what's happening. Yeah. And like the terminology they use is like, so um, it's just so critical. Like they call it like a, a self-abortion. Oh, and then, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my reaction. I was like, hmm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Um, that it's just, yeah, you have no idea. And then they're like, actually it's fairly common. And the stat that the doctor had given me in the hospital was like half of all like conceptions. So like not confirmed pregnancies, yeah. but like, you know, you could be pregnant before you get your period or start your cycle or yeah. something like that and not even know it. You wow. just might have a heavy period or something. So yeah. Um, I was like, oh, all right. That doesn't really make me feel any better in this moment, but (laughs) especially because of the term you you just used, but, um, but yeah, it is like a lot more common. And when it happened, I was like all over, like (laughs) my poor husband, I was like constantly sharing a stat with him of like, oh, well, women that like have, you know, one to two miscarriages actually are not, or just as likely to go on to have a healthy pregnancy as women that don't. Um, he's like, oh, okay. All right. I'm like (laughs) sitting there reading. He's like, can you go on the internet? Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is good or not. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." (laughs) just keep scroll, scroll, scroll. But I mean, if that's what was making you feel better at the time, then yeah. Just like being armed with knowledge. Everybody has their own Mm -hmm. way of, you know, dealing with anxiety or grieving, but which again, Google in and of itself is a double-edged sword. It's yeah. Yeah. Super, super fun sometimes to read a bunch of things that you didn't necessarily need to know. Yeah. And now you're yeah. like convinced that like, that was you like, yep. Okay. Yep. Well, that I'm was that me. One and yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard because yeah, like it's comforting to know more about it, but mm-hmm. it is, it can be really triggering at the same time. You know, like it's comforting until it's not until it's just yes. too much. And you're, and it's like what you said, like, I just, I didn't need to know that information. Yeah. Cause once you read something or learn something, um, at least that's how I think of it. Like, I can't forget this now. Like, yeah, I'm always going to know this. And I didn't necessarily need to know this information because it doesn't make me feel any better. It actually makes me feel worse. Yeah. Especially when I think you're like first 
like trying or, you know, they call it like TTC mm-hmm. trying to conceive. Oh my you, God. It took me the longest time to figure out what the <laughs> hell that acronym stood for. I know. And I honestly only learned it through following these accounts because it would like talk about a lot of them were about like infertility, which like, mm. again, is such a, such a jump to make when you have like one miscarriage so early, it's such a jump to like automatically be like following all these like infertility accounts. And you're like, you literally tried yeah, one like, time on. and it happened not to invalidate, you know, my own experience, but like just where your anxiety goes and you're like, is this, is this going to keep happening? Like, cause then, mm-hmm. and you're following people where it's happened like eight times in a row and they've been trying for years and you're like, this is my life. And yeah, you're like, this is it. All right. Yeah. It's just spiral city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's the worst, the worst place to be, but you get there without realizing it. And then yep. you're just like, so far down the hole, like you look up and the light is just really far away. It's like a, a, a pinhole and you're like, I'm never going to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did just want to like, just kind of talk to you about your experience. Cause that's interesting that you bring up like that you felt criticized in the hospital or in the, at the doctor's office. They just, I mean, like no empathy, no sympathy, just like really terrible bedside manner. It was like such a mix to be honest with you, because you know, you're alone because it's COVID. And like, I mean, again, TMI trigger warning, but like, you're literally bleeding to death and you have, you're not prepared for it. Like, I think I was like wearing like the teeniest panty liner, which (laughs) did not work out for me. Um, And you're waiting forever. And then I think, again, that it was a mix because first you have like super positive people and then you have super empathetic people. And like the first lady that saw me that was checking me in, she like asked me how far along I was. And she was like, oh, congratulations. And I like burst into tears. I was like, I don't know if it's a congratulations. And she's like, oh, honey. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) and then like you're, and then I was literally in a room by myself for hours and I didn't have a charger. Like, I mean, oh hours, my like probably like four hours, just like laying there with like a nurse coming in every once in a while. And, and bless her. Like she found me a charger for my phone. So I could wow. text like my sister-in-law and my friend. Luckily I have a lot of mom friends and, um, and you know, my husband was texting me cause he couldn't be there with me, but, mm-hmm. but like, again, it was helpful that, you know, she was empathetic, but she immediately was like, well, you can always adopt. And I was like, uh, uh that's just not, I was like, uh, yeah. Like she went from, Oh, well, like, this is like your first time. Oh, well, you know, to, you can't have children. <laughs> exactly. But like, she was a, she was a child of adoption and like, she always thought it was meant to be. And like, so she like went into her story and yeah. which was like nice, a nice distraction. Yeah. But yeah. And then you like go to the test, but like the lady that like did the, like, you know, and you know, transvaginal sonogram, like she mm-hmm. like, wouldn't tell me anything. And she like, wouldn't speak to me. Whoa. And so I'm like, are you hearing anything? Like what's, what's going on? And, and she, she like literally wasn't. went say, she wouldn't respond at all. I'm like, I know the rules. I know they're not allowed to talk, to, like tell you what's going on, but like, just like a little comfort. Like, yeah. Wow. And as a therapist, I'm like, damn, what the fuck? Like, yeah. can I just get like a, Oh, it's going to be all right, honey. Like just like, wait, nothing. So I was just like, completely shut down. And then by the time the doctor came and he literally just burst in the room, he's like, well, you know, it's just classic self-abortion. So, you know, and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did you, I didn't, what did I do? And he's like, Oh, you didn't do anything, but like, you know, we could be wrong, but like, it's still early. So maybe this, maybe that. And I was like, so is it, or isn't it? And this was all like mother's day weekend too. So like, this was like the Friday before mother's day. And like, we had plans to like, go on like an outdoor thing with like my husband's family and yeah. so I was it was just like awful and oh and like yeah he just had no bedside manner and I was like obviously like crying and yeah. being like so he's like well you know I could be wrong you'll have to go see your doctor on Monday like but I don't see anything right now and I'm like RH negative so they had to give me like the Rogam shot it's like what does that mean what is RH, RH negative is like when you don't have like a I think it's like a certain hormone in your blood so like if your baby is not, if it has RH or something like that, like it would like fight against it kind of thing. So when they give you the program shot and he was like, that wouldn't have caused it. You don't, you wouldn't have gotten that shot until 28 weeks anyway. But, um, it was all just very confusing and like, it just was awful. And so I just like left and that Uh, was that. And it was just like, you know, I, and it was COVID. So the second I got home, I like wouldn't even hug my husband. I like went and showered because mm -hmm. I was like, don't touch me. I've been in a hospital. Like, yeah. And yeah, it just was and a this rough is like weekend. peak. You said it was like May 2020. Is this yeah, like, it was like I peak. mean, 
peak so time. the emergency room in dc was like completely empty i was and i was like why is this taking so long wow. if the emergency room is yeah. completely empty um but yeah no it was terrible i mean again so you have a few people there that have good bedside manner but you know i can't imagine for that doctor not to play devil's advocate how many times like he's seen this or yeah um, but yeah i mean i you know likely didn't have to go to the hospital but it was just like a lot of blood so you're like i just want to make sure that everything's okay and bless my sister-in-law she was like you know asking her her friends of like you know i think they call it a sub chorionic hemorrhage where like mm. you're so pregnant but like you're bleeding behind the uterine sac oh, and so like okay. trying to reassure me that it might not be that kind of thing but then yeah. you know after the hospital visit you're like pretty sure yeah and then it was like oh a super gosh. painful weekend and you're like yeah nope this is oh. this is happening so oh my yeah it was it was just a rough weekend yeah and, yeah and just like that, i mean the added trauma of your hospital experience though. Like, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty hard. I like had gotten trained in, um, EMDR therapy a few months ago, which is, um, I movement desensitization and reprocessing mm. therapy. So it's like for trauma and stuff. You use it for a lot of things, but mostly for trauma and you have to as therapist, like it's like three or four, like full weekends, like all day wow. of like practicing. And so you have to have something to practice with. Like you have to do it. And the first week and I was like, I'm not talking about this shit. Like I'm not trying to like cry in front of these people or like, so I talked about something with my boss and other people like talked about real shit. And then the second time I was like, nah, I think I'm going to do it. And it was really helpful. Like, you know, you like kind of go through, it's like kind of about um, like reprocessing certain memories and the way that you think Mm -hmm. about them now. And so that was honestly my first experience of like really telling like every detail of the story as I remembered it and like what I was thinking about myself and how I understood it now. And and that was, I think, really helpful, but yeah. it took a while to get there. Cause yeah, just did. I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's just like hard to talk about. And I was so early, but we had already told like so many people. Yeah. Like we already told like our close family and like my friends. And yeah. so it was like, now we have to go back and tell them. Yeah. And like untell them, which is, just Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And that was honestly one of the hardest parts. Like I, you know, remember telling a few people this over time and their reaction was like, that's silly as shit, but like feeling bad, like you feel like mm-hmm. you're like robbing them of the joy. Like you like mm-hmm. feel stupid. You're like, I shouldn't ever even have told you. Uh, but then it was like, I'm glad I did because then I had all this support and like there were like a few of my friends and, yeah. you know, some of my family and stuff. So it's hard. Yeah. The second time around, we definitely, we waited. <laughs> we were like, we're, we're just going to wait a little bit yeah. because you never know. And, yeah. you know, I definitely, I understand it from both sides. Now. I understand why people get excited and, yeah. you know, post the pregnancy test immediately after it happens or tell yeah. their family. And then I understand why people wait until, you know, they're 20 weeks and they're yeah. like, so, yeah, I, um, I remember being like, I think I'm pretty good at keeping secrets. Like I'm, you know, but that was when I found out that was like the hardest secret to keep because you're just so excited and you're just yeah. so happy and you want to share in that with the people who you care about. So yes. it totally, you know, and everybody does, everybody makes, you know, their own decision. We waited till, um, after the first trimester, but I mean, it was a long ass, like eight weeks, six weeks. Cause it, I was just excited, but I did have that thought in the back of my mind that if I tell people and something happens, then I'm going to have to explain. And I just, yes. yeah. And then you have the questions and not, not that they're crying because, you know, everybody, I don't think I ever got like an inappropriate question, but you you have that fear. And I think yeah. that for us, like, especially the first time, cause it happened like in April. So it's like, you just want some good news. Yeah. Like it's the fucking yeah. pandemic. Like you just, you haven't seen your family. And I think that that was probably one of the hardest parts was like, I still wouldn't hug my mom. Like I live across mm. the street from her, but like, I was like, no, I like don't want, like, we can't touch like that. But then after a few days, I think one of my friends was like, just fucking hug your mom, dude. Aww. Like if you need it. And so I was like, put on gloves, put on a mask, like, tell me when you're like, we'll just hug, like put your PJs on and then you will go and shower. And like, right, we did, we like met on her porch and we like hugged for a while. And then we like each went home and showered. And I was like, make sure you shower. Like, she was like, calm down. I'm like a psycho, but 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad. So like, I mean, I think in this whole year, I think I've hugged my mom like three times, which is more than a lot of people. Like I'm not trying to complain, but, um, I'm a hugger. (laughs) So (laughs) that was very hard to like go through that and not be able to, um, and living so close, like, yeah. Cause that makes it even harder because it's like, she's right there. Yeah, exactly. And like, she, you know, I I think, you know, another part of this is like other people are grieving too. Like you're not you're not the only one. I mean, obviously it's impacting you and your body, but like even your partner, like that was a huge part of it too, is like leaving space for them to, to grieve as well, because, you know, it's not their body, but it was their baby. So did you guys grieve differently? Do you feel like, um, yeah, we're like, we have different personalities. Like my bless my husband. He's like, so he's so positive. Um, in some ways, like he definitely has like an inner, he definitely has, he's definitely a critic in a lot of ways, but like he, he was just like, knew I like needed it. Like, you know, I was like very down on myself. Like I kept apologizing and he was like, it's not your fault. Like stop. Like he was getting upset, like stop Mm. apologizing. Like this isn't, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was just like, so like, so supportive. I mean, he's such a sweetheart, but like, you know. At, like getting me whatever I needed, like asking me all the time. And I had like, I think, I don't know when I realized it, but I was like, he's like really, he's sad too. Like, obviously mm, he's sad. Yeah. And I think I had texted one of his friends and I was like, can you check in on him? Cause I don't know that anybody is checking in on him. Right, um, yeah. Cause I don't think you really think about the, you know, the partner in that situation. You're not yeah. like, Oh, how are you doing? Maybe, maybe, but we had never really he's not like sharing his text messages with me. So like, yeah. I don't know if like people had, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it was definitely something that I thought about and it was like a long time of going back and forth. Like even when I had gotten pregnant again, like that was a huge conversation because like mm-hmm. for the first like 12 weeks, I was still so anxious. Yeah. Like I remember like getting pregnant again, like I think two ish months later and I was happy for like five seconds. Mm. Like, and before I was like nervous and even telling him like, he's like thrilled. And I'm like, well, you know, we don't, we don't know. Well, cause and there's that like, shadow looming over you. Oh know? yeah. You like, don't like it. Like, I mean, I think miscarriage in and of itself, there's so much loss, both in, ob- in the obvious way of like losing a child, but also like what it robs you of later, which is really yeah. joy. Yeah. Like you it robs you of so much later when you have that experience again and you like can't really embrace it in such a naive way that you did before. Yeah. I was like, wow, like that's never going to be, cause you always have mm-hmm. that thought of like, it's never going to be me. It'll yeah. be this person and that person, but like not going to happen to me. And yeah. Like, when it, it does. Doesn't. Yeah. You're just, yeah. <laughs> it's a real kick in the ass. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, when I was thinking of, you know, my notes for you and discussion, I didn't even, didn't even think about, and I feel so bad, like, but didn't even consider the partner's grief or how they would feel until you brought it up. And that is something that we should keep in mind because they are grieving too. And in their own way. Um, and it's, yeah, it wasn't, you know, their body wasn't growing the baby, but the baby did belong to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is something my husband would always, always say like, you know, it's your body, but like, yeah, you're, you're the one that's going through the pain, but I'm like, yeah, but you know, like you said, it's, it's our baby too. So yeah. I remember Jimmy saying that too. Um, well, he says that um, this is changes subject, but it just reminded me. Um, I I myself am on the fence about having a second kid still, and I'm mm-hmm. just very like, I just have no idea. And I've asked him before, and he has basically said, I mean, it's your like, I don't have to grow the bait, like it's your body, so ultimately we're going to do whatever you want to do. Which is just like, good man, a plus. <laughs> honestly though I mean again and and you know that's why I feel so grateful for my husband because you know as a couples therapist I know there are many different types of people and partners and not everybody is that lucky like people can be blamed or it can be a very difficult time for couples but you know luckily for us I think that it you know it just was a opportunity to see you know how much your partner loves you and how like strong you can be in the face of like you know, a difficult time. So yeah. not to reframe it, but wasn't that no, but I mean, <laughs> this is a very, very therapist thing to yeah. say. We're going to look at this <laughs> as an opportunity. <laughs> um, so I guess we already talked about 
a little bit with what helps when processing a loss. Um, and you brought up how you just didn't want to talk about, like, you didn't want to say it out loud, um, Mm -hmm. for a long time, but once you did, you know, say it out loud, did you find that you felt better, better? I put it in quotes. Yeah. No, I I think better. I think better is a good word. I, I think that, you know, I'm all about the Brene Brown philosophy of shit, but you know, she talks a lot about shame and, and I think that miscarriage, there is a lot of shame that women experience or, um, birthing people experience when that, that kind of thing happens, especially yeah. if you have, you know, an inner narrative about failure or, um, about being broken or anything like that. And, and so I think that talking about it helps because it, it gives you the opportunity to, to get that support. You know, that's what I meant earlier of like, it was a blessing to have told people because Mm. then I had people to go to, like, I had like mom friends that, you know, some had experienced it themselves that even like a later stage than I had. And so you have that experience or just like people in general and they, you know, they don't all have to be moms, but, um, but it definitely helps to be able to talk about it and have a community of people that you can go to. So I think like, to answer your question of like what helps with the loss, I think that talking about it does help to the extent that you want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like of just having people there to listen, however, however much you want to share. Yeah. Um, like, you know, without people like crying, but I think that that was probably the most helpful is just having people ask and like, like how you're doing kind of thing. Like, yeah. I think the biggest thing that meant the most was my, one of my best friends, she lives in on the West coast and obviously I told her and she like sent me like a, um, it's not DoorDash, but it's like Shopify. I don't know. It's something like that where they like DoorDash oh, you yeah. stuff. Yeah. Forget what it's called, but she like DoorDashed me like pads and bath bombs oh. and snacks and it was COVID. And I, I wasn't trying to like go out and buy that yeah. stuff, especially like, you know, the pads and stuff. Cause that's just yeah. like, I would have cried in the store, but I, I didn't have to go out for any of that. Like Aww. it was just there. It's like a friend from my graduate school and Aww. like, she just like sent me all this stuff and it like, that's it literally so meant nice. the world. Oh, it was Aww. so sweet. And like, she can't be there. So, yeah. but it's like little things like that, where I think that that helped the most. And so I, I do feel for people that, you know, either don't have close friends or, or, you know, unfortunately don't have friends that think about those things. Like if you don't have mom friends or people that think about, you know, that kind of side of things, they could just be like, are you okay? Like, okay, we'll just checking. And you're like, "Mm, kind of fell short of (laughs) genuine, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I felt very lucky in that. And obviously, you know, my family and stuff too. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point that you bring up that like for some, for some things it does, it's almost like better, like just send them stuff. Instead of just like asking them to verbalize or write down how they feel in a text message, like just send them a nice edible arrangement or a gift basket full of stuff with a really nice card. Cause sometimes that'll just be more meaningful than that. Like, how are you? And you're just like, how, like, how am I? I don't, you don't know. And you're just, you don't want to be a downer. So you're just like, I'm fine. Yep. (laughs) Like you're I'm, just like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm super sad all the time, but like, it's fine. I'm crying yeah. as I'm typing this, but everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I did want to talk about, you brought up that, did the doctor say, oh, cause you said like, what did I do when he said self-abortion? Yeah. And I think that's really important to talk about because that's, I think that's part of the reason that's where the shame aspect comes in because yeah. we think that it's our fault that we did something to lose the baby. And, you know, you, that stat that you said, how like 50, like that's wild. 50%. Yeah. Before, like, like all like conceptions. Holy like, crap. So like, not confirmed pregnancies. Your right. stat was more about confirmed pregnancies, but yeah, I was like, that is wild. Like, yeah. and, and, and then I learned in, um, expecting better that like baby book or mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what to expect when you're expecting and then expecting better she has like a whole chapter on miscarriage. And one thing I thought was interesting was, um, our technology now in, in pregnancy tests, like you can detect so early, whereas like in the sixties or when our parents were pregnant, like you can detect until like eight weeks, like your the ACG levels, like the pregnancy hormone weren't high enough. So some people they were late, but they ended up getting their period 
but they were very much so probably pregnant. Yeah. So like, that's where even reading that, I was like, that's probably what I would have fallen. Cause I was only seven weeks. So it's like mm. so early, Yeah. which again, not to invalidate your own experience, but like, you know, I remember saying that to a friend that had had a miscarriage a few weeks. Um, like she was a few more weeks along than I was not at the same time, but, and she was telling me about her experience and I was like, Oh, well, mine doesn't seem half as bad. Like mm. you can tell me that. And she was like, no, no, no. Of course yours, like not to say yours is like terrible, but like it, it, they all matter. Like, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, I personally think it's, you know, probably harder when you do know the gender or you have a name oh, picked God. out or, I mean, Ugh. it's just fucking terrible, but yeah. it's all loss. Like mm-hmm. the second you become pregnant and you're naive like that, you're like planning shit and thinking about stuff and mm-hmm. you like become part of you becomes apparent in that moment. Oh, you're like, yeah. this, this shit is happening. It's 10 yeah. months or nine months away, but it's happening. And then, yeah. and so then all it's all that gets lost with it. And then it's not so quick. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that was hard, but again, just like nice to have friends that validate that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's, that was probably the biggest part, but yeah, yeah. you like, you do think it's your fault. Like you, you you're like, like I had a friend recently that had one and she's like upset and she's like I knew I shouldn't have eaten McDonald's last week oh my god <laughs> I was like no baby girl baby girl like no you did not do anything wrong I, don't, yeah. I do not think it was the McDonald's that did Jen um <laughs> I'm like trying I'm not like laughing no at, but it but is but like that's where our brains go and then you're like and you well, know, because you we're you're not educated about it we're searching for like any concrete reason that we can figure out quickly because even like, even if we think it's our fault, it'll still make us feel the tiniest bit better to know why it happened. Like, okay. You know, it was that McDonald's. Like I shouldn't have had that McFlurry. Fuck. Like I hate myself in this moment, but at least never eating a McFlurry again. (laughs) No, but but it is. And and it's empowering to know, like, that's where the education comes because you're like, if I know what caused it, I know what to avoid next time. Yeah. And even if I feel like shit that I've done something, I know what I can avoid. And again, it's not to say mm-hmm. that there aren't things that do cause that. Like even in that book, like she talks about, you know, drinking and smoking. And when you're that early, like the cells are constantly regenerating. So mm-hmm. like you could do something that kills a bunch of cells, but like, so let's say like there were certain cells set aside for the baby's heart. You could do something that kills a bunch of cells, but there are cells that replace it. And then the baby's fine. And it doesn't always happen like that. But so there are things to stay away from, but like, again, it's a lot of, it's such a crapshoot. Like, no, it like, we're it all just really human. Like, it, like it is like, I mean, there are people that, you know, do all the wrong things and they end up having the like most perfect child. I know. And then there are people that do all the right things and, you know, things don't work out how they wanted it to, or, you know, there's something wrong or they're, you know, they have to live with something and you just don't know. So I think it just is so unhelpful to blame yourself because you're already doing so much. And then you're like dealing with all the grief of, I, I did this, like, this is my fault. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's so not. sad. Yeah. Well, I did write down some stats. I feel like we already talked about, um, just in case people just while we're talking about like, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. Um, exercising does not like exercising does not cause a miscarriage. Having sex will not cause a miscarriage. I mean, even like you're talking about the regeneration of the cells. Like if you, you know, like you don't know you're pregnant and you're having a drink, like you're like, it's, it's okay. And I think we yes. need to always just kind of remind ourselves that like, we are never, we don't have ill intentions. Yeah. Um, you know, like I would, I would have never done anything, you know, on purpose to like hurt Robin while I was pregnant. And if something did happen, it was because it was completely out of my control. Yeah. Which is, it, that's, I mean, that's something that's really hard to accept. That, like, yeah, stuff just is because gonna... humans love control. We love to like reassure ourselves and know that we can do something about it. And yeah, well, damn it, if pregnancy isn't an exercise, is an exposure therapy. So yeah, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And then the baby Once comes it's happening, out. It's happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then you really don't have control. You're no, just like at the whim no of the control. child. No control. Yeah. I am just this child's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> snack bitch milk milk bitch yep essentially yeah, just the lady exactly. saying no no we don't touch that <laughs> <laughs> i 
as he's just like, and he's like, lady, you work for me, right? <laughs> Where's my breakfast? Yeah, right. Change my diaper. Get on it. <laughs> Change my diaper. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I'm glad we've been able to like, cause I know we were texting yesterday and I was like, oh fuck, this episode's going to be like so hard and so heavy. And like, I'm going to cry and this is going to be terrible. And like, I haven't even I experienced this, but it's I been, know. it will, but it's been nice to just like talk about it, you know, and we're not being, we're not, t- not taking it seriously, but yeah. we're just kind of just bring it to the table and just having a discussion about it and lighter moments are going to happen. And I think, it's again, I have never experienced this, so I'm sure it's much easier said than done. But the more we talk about this, the more we bring it up, the more likely it is that if your friend or your family member does experience it, they will maybe just start talking about it. And then, you know, cause then so-and-so, oh my God, well, me too. That ha- like, I had a miscarriage yes. too. Like, and then so-and-so, well, yeah, my cousin. And it's just like, wow, okay. I'm not alone. That's such a big part of it. And like, that was like when we had gotten pregnant again. And again, I want to be clear that I'm also having this conversation nine months pregnant. So like, I was honestly thinking about this because I was scared of the same thing. I'm like such a crier. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to cry on Kayla's podcast, (laughs) but like, I've done a lot of that processing. And I really do think that, you know, the EMDR training and the practice like helped just Mm. kind of like get it all out there. Cause I could talk about it without like getting upset. Yeah. Cause that was like a cry fest in and of itself. But like just talking about it and knowing how many people it happens to. And like, I mean, we are probably one of the first generations that like, that does talk about it openly. And I do think a lot of that is attributed to finding communities on social media and oh, the yeah. internet and seeing how many other people, again, double-edged sword, because when I got pregnant again, I still followed those accounts mm. and it was like only anxiety provoking. I was like, seeing stories of women miscarrying at 19 weeks and seeing, you know, and then you learn about what the fuck a stillborn is. And you're like, oh, I didn't even God. know that that could happen. And yeah. so I was like mute all around. I'm going to follow mm-hmm. positive accounts. And I just, I didn't need it. And yeah. I think that when we got pregnant again and we told more specifically my husband's family and like, we're, you know, telling his aunts and stuff, I like made a, attempt to like recognize the loss too. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I like mentioned it like, well, we were pregnant in April, Mm -hmm. but I did, you know, but I miscarried and now we're pregnant again. And like, it was probably not just with them, but with all other people I did that with, it was a very mixed response. Like some people were like very uncomfortable like didn't not oh, well, like God rude. forbid you make other people yeah. uncomfortable. I know, but it's not not in a rude way, but you could see that people were like, oh well, I'm glad that it worked out. Or or other people were like, oh my God, I'm so like I could probably count, which I like again, I was wasn't trying to keep like a stat in my head, but I could right. count on like one hand how many times people were like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Wow. When you mention it because they're so uncomfortable. And I think yeah. that that's like a big part of it is like sharing, like you have to be like it requires you to be vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there and yeah. people like gen- genuinely don't know how to respond. Cause they're like, what the fuck? Like, why are you telling me that? That's sad. Icky. Yeah. Like this is happy. So yeah, I was proud of myself that, you know, that was probably a, just a bigger event that I had shared with like multiple people with, but like random other people, I would say it too. And it was interesting. It was like, you know, at least I get to like honor this child. Yeah. You good know, for you. They were and um, but yeah, I would say that talking about it is so important because you like learn about how many people that have gone through it. And it's yeah. so as much as sad as it is, it's so comforting because you're like, man, I'm really not the only one. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with me. Like this is very normal. Yeah. And there are so many things or so many times in pregnancy and in this entire experience, postpartum and being a parent where you think you are the only one that is feeling this way. You are the only one experiencing this and not to say, you know, like you're not special, but you're not alone. Other people are experiencing the exact same things that you are, but we'll never know it if we don't have those, you know, like initial uncomfortable reveals and those like awkward short conversations um, and just kind of the more we do it, I feel like the, you know, the less awkward to be, it's almost like when you, you know, think of, I was trying to think about something that like maybe used to be awkward, but isn't anymore. And if you say like talking about someone who died 
And what's the standard response? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That must be so hard. I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, it's, I just feel like it should basically be treated like the same way. If that's how, that's how the birthing person wants, you know, wants it to be treated. It's kind of like, you can just have a moment of sympathy for the person. And that's so hard. Cause like you said, it's vulnerable. It's weird. It's sad. And it's hard because it's all of those things. Yeah. It would mean so much to just say, I'm so sorry. Like this, I'm very happy for you, but I am sorry for your previous loss. Oh yeah. It means so much. I like cannot even tell you the random people that would just say that. And you're like, thank you. Like I really, it just, I like, can't even explain it, but like, I mean, and people just don't know what to say. And again, you have to leave room for that too. But, and like, another thing I will say that I think that it's hard when like someone, you know, goes through it. And then like, you know, let's say you're in a group of friends where like people are trying to conceive at the same time or family members and you have to leave room for people to feel how they feel, whether that's you grieving a loss and then other people, you know, experiencing that excitement and you having to like deal with your own feelings or vice versa and like not being offended that somebody's like not that excited for you. Like Mm. it's such a, it's, it's such a hard thing, Yeah, but it is something, something to like I keep struggle. in mind. That's something I struggle with. Oh yeah. With like, oh my God. We are human. Like yeah. I think one of my friends was um, like, we were kind of trying around the same time and I had gotten pregnant first and we were always like joking, like, Oh, it'd be nice to be like pregnant mm. at the same time kind of thing. And then I miscarried and then two weeks later she was pregnant. And I was like, Oh, this is very hard. But I like, I was so overjoyed for her, like yeah. so happy, but it was like still so hard. Yeah. And one of my other friends was just like, it's like, you don't have to be like that person, like, like overjoyed, like you can, you can be happy, but like, you don't have to like always engage in the conversation and talk about it, like protect yourself kind of thing. And and it was such a like complicated feeling because it wasn't like jealousy. It was just like envy. Like you're Mm. like, God, I like, I I, like remember being so happy such a short time ago. Um, Yeah. But it is, I wish I just remember like feeling bad. So it's like, I am overjoyed, but I'm also like, so, so sad. And yeah. and then you're on the flip side of it. And then somebody else, you know, like you're pregnant and somebody miscarries and you're like, mm-hmm. ah. like, yeah, it's I remember so feeling like that. Yeah. And then you feel like you got to like hide your joy a little bit or not talk yeah. about it. And yeah, it's, it's just complicated. It really yeah. is. I definitely felt that way. Like I had to hide my joy. I mean, couldn't hide the belly, but I had to, <laughs> but I had to hide my joy around one or two people when I was pregnant because I knew I had something that they wanted and they didn't yeah. currently have it. And so, yeah, like I, it was almost like, sorry, like, you know, like I felt like I had to apologize yeah. or like, let's talk about anything except for pregnancy and babies, because I don't want to make you feel bad, even yeah. though I have no control over this and you have no control over your situation either. We just, nobody has any control and it sucks because that's all we want. Yeah. And I think I was listening. I think it was one of your episodes where you, maybe it was you or one of your guests talking about that of like knowing, knowing a friend was like struggling with like trying to conceive or miscarriage and like actively texting them like beforehand and being like, Hey, I'm pregnant or just kind of like leaving room for them to have their feelings or something. And you know, versus again, them finding out like on social media or like yes. a big group of people. And yeah, again, you, you gotta, it's you, you, part of it is just knowing your friends and knowing what they would prefer. But also as part of it is just living your life. Like you can't control yeah. people feel people. They'll live. They'll be yeah. fine. I have to, well, I'm just going to keep repeating that to myself because they'll <laughs> like, they'll live, they'll be fine. Yeah. It's your life. Like, you know, you can't always worry about, you can't plan your life around other people and you can't always worry about what's how someone else is feeling about your situation. Like you can leave room for it. You can empathize with it, but at, at, you know, at some point you got to worry about yourself. That's very true. Well, thank you for done. the therapy session. Easier <laughs> <laughs> said than done though. I mean, again, I'm like, you know, pot calling the kettle black, but like, it's much easier. Like it's harder to worry about yourself and not worry about other people, especially when you love them and, and yeah. you care about them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's the, and I also feel like boundaries have been really different in COVID or they just like they've morphed. Um, and 
I mean, I have just learned to like be more protective of my time and my energy, um, especially since becoming a parent. Like there are so many things where I'm just like, I do not have the time and energy to do like that. Like <laughs> do not care. Don't care. Yeah. And then there are other things that I, you know, I'm like all in about and it's hard when it's something that you can't control. And most of life is out of our control, actually. So fucking sucks. It's terrible. It's so (laughs) hard. Like this is like constant. It feels like you're like constantly living on the edge. Yeah. That's called anxiety. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) Preaching to the choir. One of the most anxious people I know have love and love and pandemic life, needless to say. (laughs) Um, Well, I did just have one, our final question, and it's obviously different for you because you're not a parent. Yeah. Um, Well, that sounded rude. And I totally didn't mean it in a rude way. No, I know exactly what you mean. Okay. And like, I could tell, (laughs) like, I was like, Oh fuck. Like, Whoa, that was fucking rude. No, not a, not a parent in the, like yet in the same line. You're not, I know the the typical question that you ask. Yes, Yes. exactly. My baby's not earth side yet. Your baby is not earth side. You're not an earth side parent. You're a womb mom. So (laughs) (laughs) normally my clients called it a womb nugget the other day. I was like, never never heard of that before but thank you for that precious um, little 13 year old oh that's cute that <laughs> makes like, it how's cute your, she's like how's your womb nugget i was like mm, sorry <laughs> excuse me what'd you just call me <laughs> no, no, i'm joking i'm gonna call um, your mom yeah right <laughs> um so yeah so normally i ask um how has being a parent changed your life and i mean feel free hey april you're due april 9th i'm gonna estimate April 13th. So I just oh, literally right. picked a random. You're, only, you're like the first person that has gone. <gasps> yes. Everybody's like, yeah. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind. April 13th. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, maybe like by May, May 15th, you can tell me how being a parent has changed. Yeah. You. I'll text you. Okay. Yeah. But um, I was trying to think, you know, like what, you know, what question would maybe help other people who, are going through loss or have gone through loss and then are pregnant again. Cause we did talk about some of that anxiety mm-hmm. and how it's a dark cloud that kind of hovers over your pregnancy and it does, um, steal some joy from you. So, oh, yeah. um, so my final question is what has been something that's been really positive for you about this pregnancy, like a really happy moment or just like an overall, I think like overall, especially in the pandemic, it's like, it- it's given me an opportunity to connect with other people about something like whether that's, you know, my mom or mother-in-law or, you know, uh, friends or sister-in-laws like you, any of your mom people, like you have something to share and, and about like, yeah. and something joyous like that. My, my mom just keeps saying light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, no pressure, mom. But like, <laughs> she's like, you know, very excited for something happy at the end of this like yeah. really shitty year. Um, and again, shitty being like grateful that we all have jobs and like, it's been much shittier for other people, but Mm -hmm. just hard and different. Um, so I think it's been nice to be able to have that distraction, um, in a lot of ways during this time, but in general, like, I guess in regards to pregnancy after miscarriage, I think like with a lot of anxiety, I think that we're like constantly living in fear that it's like always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. Like part of the part of the grief, like when I was like, before I was pregnant again, was like, it's never going to happen. Like I, like I, you know, you just doubt that like your body can do it. And I think that, you know, being able to get pregnant, so fortunate because some women, it's not that easy or it does take a lot longer, you know, with medical intervention, I think it gives you like, it's so empowering. You're like, no, but like bad things can happen and good things can also happen. Yeah. So you get to hold both of those in, in two hands at the same time and say mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not always going to be like that. Like you're, you're not always going to be grieving. You're not always going to feel sad about it. And just yeah. like the little moments, like, like I see constantly people complaining about like the kicks or the movements or like, and like, there are definitely times where I'm like, Oh God, that really hurts. But like, that is by far like my favorite part. Cause it's so reassuring. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, you're in there. Like, yeah, that's your little, that's your little butt. Like, you know, you're like pushing up and all those other things. So I think that that's probably been, those have probably been the most positive parts of this experience for me for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, um, I think it's really important that you highlighted that it's, you've had this sense of community 
mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you know, like we are fortunate that we have um, any sort of community and because some people don't have any community at all, yeah. especially at a time when you are pregnant and then you were grieving and still are actively grieving a loss and you're just so vulnerable yeah, um, and, you know, fragile in so many different ways when you're pregnant. Um, that's really important to have people who have your back for sure. Yeah. And like, again, we're lucky that, you know, the school we went to and the friendships that we form and stuff, but yeah, I very much so anybody listening that does not have like a friend group or friends that are going through it, like seek that shit out. Yeah. That's like by far the most important piece of advice I can give anybody is like, find it on social media, find a Facebook group, find a support group, get a therapist, like yeah. get out there. And like, it might, it's scary, but like, it's, it's very much so worth it. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> on well, the same page. You. I know, you know, same high school, same, yeah. same brainwaves. It's fine. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, It's so funny that, so you're my second therapist and on, you know, coming on the show and it really does feel like, like I'm joking when I say like, thanks for the therapy session. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are just like so good with words and you're very good at expressing emotions and feelings verbally. And I... I'm not good at that sometimes. So it's nice to just like, it's been nice to just hear you talk and be like, oh yeah, like, oh, that is right. Like you can kind of label things that I don't know that non-therapists can't. So it's been really nice no, to hear I appreciate you talk. That. But I also love listening to you because, you know, obviously, you know, whether you're a therapist or you've been in therapy, like you still take that knowledge. And there've been many episodes where you have like referenced something that your therapist has said. And I, I enjoy listening to you too, because you're, you're very knowledgeable as well, even if it doesn't always feel like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cause you're sometimes welcome. I'm just like, feel like I'm full of hot air, but aren't we all <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> We're not in control. No one knows what they're doing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's not that we haven't said that enough. This podcast just reiterating. This yes. We are not in control. We're floating on a, I've seen like, what is the meme? It's like, listen, we're all just floating on a tiny dust rock, like in the galaxy. It's only getting hotter. Yes. You're like, okay, well, YOLO. Yeah. Thanks for the Whatever the the kids used to say. (laughs) Who knows? Us and our side parts. We don't know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Side parts in the street, like in jeans. It's fine. It's cute. All right. Yeah, right. Back <laughs> well, I'm very excited for you. And I mean, it's going to be here before you know it, girl. So I know, I know. I think it might be early, but just because I said that, and it might be April 13th. So I will definitely keep you posted. I mean, what do I win? Like a hug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. When, when we're both vaccinated, that'll it'll be a hug. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much, Kayla. Thank you. Bye. Bye.